0: The soul that has conceived one wickedness can nurse no good thereafter. Bruno Mars. Hi, I'm Matthew Miner.
1: And I'm Stephen Holmes.
0: And this is Corntown, an investigative journalism podcast brought to you by the SNM Experience.
1: Last week, we paid a visit to the town morgue, hoping to find evidence that could prove Kyle Van Truck's innocence. What we found instead was a revelation that shook us. Someone didn't think that Kyle Van Truck was a nice boy.
0: Despite immersing ourselves in the case, and living in Corntown for six months now in the Motel 6, we realized we don't have a good grasp of who Kyle Van Truck is as a person.
1: With only one episode remaining, we thought now would be a good time to find out more about Kyle Van Truck. Is he a nice kid?
0: A bad kid? The kind of kid who borrows your Pogs collection
1: and then sells them
0: to Sammy Slugnuts to buy back his precious Tony the Tiger fanfiction?
1: How many times do I have to apologize for that? What?
0: I was just referencing a completely hypothetical scenario.
1: Could we talk about this later?
0: What do we know about Kyle? He was a straight A student with a full scholarship to Corntown U. He played shortstop on the nearby city slow pitch team, the London Broyles. His family was once cursed by witches. His father died tragically in the worst disaster this town has ever seen. By all accounts, he's kind. His pants always had too many pockets, and he thought he once saw Danny DeVito, but it was just a large pumpkin. He's also been labeled a murderer.
1: However, many in Corntown maintain that Kyle is innocent. They claim he couldn't possibly commit this crime, or any crime for that matter. Some say they've seen him get panicked and sweaty at just the mention of cutting in line. Is that who he really is? Or is there more that meets the eye? That meets the eye? That meets the eye? Is he not as he seems to so many?
0: We've looked at Kyle as a murderer. As a non-orphan who became an orphan. And, perhaps worst of all, as someone who would walk out of a movie starring Robert Van Winkle. But could we see Kyle as those
1: Corntownians saw him? And more importantly, should we?
0: And would we?
1: We wanted to hear about who Kyle is from an unbiased viewpoint. So we sat down with a few members of the Kyle is Totally Innocent as far as we are concerned committee. This episode of Corntown is brought to you in part by Disguise and Dolls Costume Shop. Hello, I'm Gregory Haversham, owner and proprietor of Disguise and Dolls Costume Shop and Haberdashery. We've got the greatest selection of costumes, ill-fitting men's pants, mustache combs, hats nobody really wears in public, fake passports, suspenders in every color except for black, decorational walking sticks, and shoe oil. Whether you want to be the belle of the ball, impersonate a co-worker, or simply want to find an effective disguise so you can go watch your kids' soccer games without your ex-wife seeing you and taking you to court over visitation rights again, Disguise and Dolls Costumes and Haberdashery has got you covered. Located in that little strip mall beside the Dairy Corn. You know the one. Disguise and Dolls. Find the new you. Okay, this is a phone interview with Mitch Itchy.
2: Anytime. Hi, my name is Mitch Itchy. I'm assistant manager to the assistant manager at Cornmark.
0: So you worked with Kyle?
2: Oh, I've known Kyle since he was a little boy. I work with his pop. Real shame what happened. It smelled delicious, but it's a dark spot on the town. I hired Kyle when he applied, right on the spot. I thought, heck, if he's even one quarter of the man his father was, he'll be great. And trust me, I've seen one quarter of his father. Uh, That was all that was left. Yeah, Kyle's real sweet. Wouldn't hurt a fly. Literally, wouldn't hurt a fly. He's the kind of kid who doesn't kill bugs. He catches them and takes them outside. Puts them in tiny shelters where they can live out the rest of their days. After they pass, naturally, he gives them tiny little funerals. Puts out a nice spread for all the other bugs who are in mourning. I don't know if bugs actually feel grief, but Kyle seems to think so. He didn't always get a lot of work done, though. Bugs don't live very long, so he do a lot of funerals. He got real good at making tiny caskets. There's a whole little cemetery up behind the Colonel Reservoir. It's a real nice little spot. Peaceful, you know. I eat my lunch out there sometimes.
0: Do you think Kyle could have killed Jaron Deeb?
2: Oh, absolutely not. It's not in his nature. I don't think he could have done it at the time, neither. I mean, he would not shut up about that cool as ice movie. It's his favorite. The quote he put in the high school yearbook was, Drop that zero and get with the hero. There's no way he would have even left that theater while it was playing.
1: What sort of relationship did he have with Jaren?
2: Oh, they had a great relationship. Lots of inside jokes. There were a couple of pranksters, too. I was a victim of quite a few of those pranks. They once told me that my favorite singer, Jonathan Davis of Carn, was waiting to meet me in the giant walk in freezer. When I ran in there, they locked the door. Jonathan Davis wasn't even there, it was just Fred Durst. They left us in there overnight. I lost three toes to frostbite. Fred Durst ate the other seven.
1: Okay, we are interviewing Kyle's uh, high school drama teacher. Hello, I am Gregory Hevershump. Gregory? Gregory. Two of the G's are silent. Two of the... Can you spell that for us? (sighs) G, that one is silent. R-E-G-G That one's also silent. O-R-I-E-G What about that last G? Oh, we don't talk about that one. Okay? I'm the drama teacher at Corn Town Secondary. Go Cubs. I've known Kyle since he auditioned for our production of Con Air that we did when he was in grade 9. We called it corn air. (laughs) He didn't get the part, but I was inspired by his spirit and how well he handled the rejection. I mean, I really laid into him. My God, he was shit. But his spirit, even though I tore him a new metaphoric arsehole, he never let that get him down. He auditioned every year and every year. Absolute garbage. But he was always so sweet. After every rejection, he would send a handwritten note thanking me for the opportunity. He would send along a basket of muffins as well. They were inedible, but the gesture was appreciated. Last year, I finally gave him a role in a production of Ernest Goes to Jail. It wasn't a pity casting either. He earned the role of Rimshot. He worked hard to improve himself, always the first one in, last one out. He was kind to everybody, even the lowly stagehands. You know, the garbage people. <laughs> Ooh. Huh. And when I had heard that he had been arrested for murder, I could not believe it. That's not the Kyle Van Truk that I know. You want to know who I think did it? Nobody. I don't think that even was Jaren Deeb. I think it's D.B. Cooper. He jumped out of that airplane in 71, was struck by a bolt of lightning from Zeus himself, and was teleported to the future. Shit. That's a good theory. Yes. I'm already writing a play about it. I dibs'd it. Do you think Kyle could have killed D.B. Cooper? No. I believe the lightning killed him. Right. Kyle was a sweet boy he had mighty aspirations i was even going to hook him up with my contacts in new york at my old stomping grounds on Broadway. it's a pity what was done to him what do you think of Jerindeeb? deep oh he couldn't carry a tune to save his life <laughs> yet somehow he kept getting the lead in the town's annual production of corns and cobs. that's what we call guys and dolls and does that bother you <laughs> well i have two working years don't i do you ever do the show Oh, no. (laughs) I don't even audition. It's beneath me. Okay, we are now at the corn maze interviewing the... lifeguard?
3: Hey, my name is Howie Hertz. I'm the lifeguard at the corn maze.
0: Why does a corn maze need a lifeguard?
3: One of the dead ends leads to an Olympic-sized swimming pool. A few people drowned a couple of years back. People aren't dressed for swimming when they do a maze. It's pretty dangerous.
0: Why don't they just get rid of the pool?
3: Oh, it's really popular in the summer. People go through the maze just to get to the pool on a hot days. A lot of people miss the dead end and make it through the maze, so they have to pay to go through again. One guy spent a hundred and seventy bucks and never even found the pool.
0: Couldn't someone else just-
3: Just open a public pool of their own? People have tried. The maze pool is really nice. Plus, I guess people feel they've accomplished something by finding
0: it. Uh, did Kyle ever swim at the pool?
3: I don't know, it gets pretty packed.
0: How do you know Kyle then?
3: I don't, I've never met the guy.
0: Then why are you here?
3: That guy said I'd get a bologna sandwich.
0: I did promise
1: him a bologna sandwich.
0: We don't have that many sandwiches to give away. I'm not made of bologna. Well I already promised it. Can you like pretend to know Kyle so it doesn't feel like we're wasting a sandwich? Sure. Okay, what can you tell us about Kyle?
3: Uh, yeah. once I saw, there was this one time I saw him sharpening a stick, and then later that week, there were a bunch of stabbings that were done with a sharpened stick. Really? No, I made that up, like you just asked.
1: Oh, right, uh, sorry.
3: Can I have another bologna sandwich? It was really good.
1: Right. this is the interview with Kyle's childhood babysitter.
4: Hello! I'm Tammy Swartz.
1: How do you know Kyle?
4: Oh, I used to babysit Kyle until he was, like, twelve. He was always a really nice kid. He was very polite, very chill. He let me watch whatever I wanted to watch, which was always Franklin and Bash, MPG's best show by far. He'd always sneak me cookies, like good ones. I'm talking Pepperidge Farmy dinks. He was super cool. If one of my boyfriends was coming over, Kyle would show us where his mom kept her weed. And then, if his mom found out, (laughs) which she always would, because we would always smoke all that mean green, Kyle would always cover for us. He made up this story about a tweaker breaking in and stealing her weed. My boyfriend, Benedict, fought him off. (laughs) Benedict actually was awarded the key to corn town for that. Kyle is such a good kid. Everyone loved him. There's no way he could have killed that son-of-a-bitch
1: Jaren Deeb! Who do you think killed him?
4: It really could be anybody! One thing about Corn Town that they don't want you to know is that everyone hated Jaren Deeb!
0: Who's they?
4: The Council of the Cob. The what? The Council of the Cob. They're a secret group of corn farmers who run the town. For years, Jaren Deeb has been the golden colonel the harvester of truth, their leader. There are some who say Kyle is the Sweet Niblet, a chosen one as told by the Peaches and Cream prophecy. One who would bring balance between the four houses, Sweet, Flint, Dent, and Pucked. Wait, what the fuck? This is bigger than you can possibly imagine. Can we go back to the beginning? Who oh, I've already said too much. You should never have come here.
0: Tammy dropped some juicy kernels during her interview, but ended up cutting our talk short.
1: When we reached out with further questions, we learned that Tammy had unfortunately died in a car accident after her brakes, gas, steering, airbags, seatbelt, stereo, and air freshener had all been mysteriously cut.
0: Which was a real unfortunate coincidence. Now, we'll never know what she was talking about with the whole corn cobblers or... Whatever they were called. I guess we could ask Paula about that. Nah, she hasn't been answering my phone calls.
1: I told you not to send that picture.
0: I thought she would enjoy seeing Elf and Yoda doing that. It's funny.
1: It was supposed to be tender.
0: Well, then you should learn to draw better.
1: That's what I was doing. It's practice.
0: Whatever. So it seems like Dr. Morg's claim that Kyle's not a nice boy, doesn't hold water. Which we should have suspected. Coroners are filthy liars. Mm Hmm. What about what that Howie guy said about the stabbings? Oh, yeah, that was pretty damning. Oh, oh, no, wait, we told him to make that up. Oh, shit, right. All that's left is unknown. Is that, that Paula? No, I, I don't know the number. Hello?
2: I understand you've been investigating me.
0: Well, that depends. I investigate a lot of
1: people. Who is this?
2: This is Jaron Deeb.
1: Next time on the season finale of Corntown. This puzzle had almost come together. Trust me, I know hair. I've got enough bags of it at home. Never heard of her, and I know everybody. She doesn't exist! This has been an SM Experience production. Executive produced by Stephen T. Holmes, Matthew Miner, and I'm a Plastic. Episode mixed by Richard Mixon. Theme music Heaven and Hell by Jeremy Blake. If you have any information about the murder of Jaron Deeb, email us at thesmexp at gmail.com.